we're focusing on Psalm 32, specifically verse 5 tonight, but I want to read for you the whole psalm. It's a psalm of David. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. It maybe seems like verse 5 gets a little bit lost by the end, doesn't it? By the time you hear the rejoicing at the end, the repentance of verse 5 seems quite far away. And David apparently has many other things in mind that are surrounding this forgiveness of his guilt. And so I kind of want to take a step back to maybe what are foundational things. But as I was preparing, I was thinking, did we ever throughout this series, and maybe we did, maybe your memory is better than mine, did we ever define joy? Like, what is joy? And in the same way, what is guilt? Is joy the feeling of being happy? And is guilt the feeling of shame or awaiting punishment? If joy is a feeling and guilt is an experience or a feeling, see how that makes verse 5 sound. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Doesn't really work, does it? I think David is talking about what we say as guilt maybe in that feeling when he talks about his bones being worn out. Like an old garment full of holes, his bones are whittled down till just about nothing is left. 
and all his strength, all his energy is dried up completely. That is what our experience of guilt has the power to do. And I think we all know that place. Where something is tearing you up from the inside out. And it seems like you can never get enough rest. It seems like everything you do is just frustration. And you wonder how long you can possibly go on. That is what unconfessed sin. That is what guilt can do to our lives. Every sin is like bringing something into existence. Once that thing happens, once you cross the line, once you make the choice, once you fall into that weakness, there now exists a thing which either will endure in you and eat you from the inside out or it must be forgiven. It must be lifted off of you. The responsibility must be taken away from you and placed upon somebody else. The pattern that David sets in the psalm links this time of his resisting God and his resisting confession with that bit in the last part where he says, Do not be like the mule who must be controlled by a bit in a bridle. That man or that woman who is just groaning inside but is too proud to turn to God and let him deal with the sin. That person who's hanging on to the thing that they know wears them out and kills them every single day. Leaves God no choice but to lay a heavy hand to control by bit and bridle, to prick with thorns, to wear out until there's nothing left but strength to crawl to the cross. That is David's perception of guilt. And why it was so beautiful when God picked it up. The verb in Hebrew is literally just that. Something that used to be your responsibility, somebody else picks up. And we know that that is exactly what Christ did. And that anguish, that inside-out death is what he already suffered. 
so you wouldn't have to. Why suffer what Christ already did for you? So joy. When David had his sins forgiven, when his guilt was covered, what does he say next? Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. For God is a hiding place and will protect them from trouble and surround them with songs of deliverance. And then he moves on to the instruction of God and how God teaches us and counsels us. And how his unfailing love surrounds those who trust in him. See, I think David's picture of joy is a little bit more than what we might think. Just like his picture of guilt is a little fuller. David's picture of joy begins with the forgiveness. Absolutely. The forgiveness that he knows he can always find when he turns to the Lord's unfailing love. But you see, the forgiveness... It's just the beginning of joy. The faith that then grasps the forgiveness. And the humility, humility that then says, the reason I ended up in that position was because of one thing. I decided that what God said is not right. And that what I think and say or want is right. And so in forgiveness is also the fruits. And in the experience of God's unfailing love through forgiveness. And then the thing that it works in our hearts to say that now I see you are right God. And I desire to live by your words. That breeds a confidence in our lives. And in that confidence is the joy and the rejoicing that David finishes the psalm with. You see, when there is sin in the way, God's love and his joy cannot flow through us. Because God is no longer the one that we trust to fight our battles for us. We no longer have the confidence that God is on our side because he has suddenly become the one pressing us. And so joy is when that forgiveness becomes ours and we lay hold of God in every trial and temptation. And as God is our refuge and as God fights our battles and as the floods no longer reach us, then we will know the joy. And as we know the fullness of that joy, of God on our side, 
of God's unfailing love for us in Christ Jesus. That guilt and that thing which eats us up inside becomes just a little bit less tantalizing. That is what David is encouraging. And he says, God himself will instruct you in that way. On the path of peace, to find the joy which God has called you to. Take heart, friends. We have a faithful God. Your sins are forgiven through the blood of Christ. Look no longer to those things which you know all too well the end. Look to the God who has promised a different life. There's a little clue in the text. When David says that God himself will teach us, will give us understanding, it's basically an echo of Eve at the bush. That reason why sin seemed so tempting. God has now promised to give the true version. God has reversed the great sin in Eden that has caused all of our problems. In Christ, God has made a new creation. And as we have our sins forgiven, and as we desire and learn the wisdom of God, and as we walk in His ways, we walk in that garden in the joy and the peace and the harmony that God created us for. And that love and that joy will fill your lives by the power of the Spirit that God has placed in you. So let nothing steal that joy. It's for you and it costs too much. It's not worth it. God give you the strength. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your faithfulness is unfailing and your love has found us out wherever we are. We ask that you would give us the strength. Send your spirit to drive us to confess our sins, to put to death that sin which lives within us every single day so that we don't have to experience the guilt and the shame that Christ experienced for us. Help us to seek you 
and to find you and to live in the love and the joy and the wisdom that you have destined us for. And Father, help us as we live as a community of brothers and sisters that when we see this anguish, when we see the bones and the heart of another crying out in silence, may your love reach out to them through us. Fill us with the same love that you have to bring and to lead that one to confess their sins and to find forgiveness for you will restore their joy. Give us all that love. Keep us faithful to you and to one another that your glory may be proclaimed throughout the whole world as this world who knows nothing but that guilt and shame will see the light of your new creation as we walk in newness of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.